0: Welcome to Artlast Podcast, where we make art accessible. I'm Sophie. I'm Seema. And welcome to this week. And I wanted to start off this week by sharing that we got our first review (laughs) (laughs) on Apple Podcasts. (laughs) I'm so glad I saved this for the recording. So from Shane in America, wonderful. Five stars, extremely informative, great resource for art history. Thank you, Shane. We really appreciate oh, it. Oh,
1: Shane. We'll send, we should send him a card. How do we find yeah. you? Yeah.
0: Well, hopefully Shane will join our Patreon, which I also wanted to show you because I worked very hard yesterday on building some puns for our tears.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. So, <clears throat> I suppose I can do this on here. We have signed up for Patreon so that you can uh, support us if you would like to, and because we would love to grow a community around what we're doing here. So for $1 a month, (laughs) you can show your support for us and help us stay afloat as we grow and commit more time to our production.
1: And then you will have more time to make more sweaters. I see that you have it on. (laughs) I do, I do. I
0: uh, unfortunately think... I might have caught a little bit of the cold yesterday because it's so I'm staying warm today keeping you know all all my like from neck to kidneys as my mum always taught me um she studied Chinese medicine so that's a great um, sense it's (laughs) it's good isn't it so our second tier and this is one that I think is going to be most accessible for people and this is actually a structure that I borrowed from maintenance phase so
1: thank you Aubrey and michael
0: except for they've uh, ruined
1: uh bragg's liquid aminos for me so that was tough
0: so, yeah sorry but uh they've ruined a lot of things for a lot of people and i love them for but it But
1: we're here to we're counteracting that listen to that and then come over here and listen to us <laughs>
0: they've given me the ability to ruin christmas over and over again so at long lust uh where you can gain access to a bonus monthly episode um, for five dollars a month, I, I called it a little lusty, because <laughs> I'm a dork. Uh, and for that tier, you actually start gaining the ability to vote uh, in content polls and kind of having a controlling voice in some of the content that we put out. After that, it's ten bucks a month, and I called it lust and found, because that is the tier where you can I become a part of the community. Isn't it so good? I worked hard on these. I like looked up lust funds. <laughs> Um, (laughs) So with the Lust and Found tier, you will also receive exclusive video content, which is probably just going to be us uh, doing shit like this, Uh, which personally I think is great content. I'd pay 10 bucks a month for it. (laughs) Um, And you also get updates before they land on our website to the Lust drop, I thought was another fun one, because that's where you get the behind the scenes content. Um, which would probably be a little bit more of our yarning and kind of conversational stuff, and I suppose some of how we plan what we put together and how yeah. we and maybe something like the real talk about being a content creator on TikTok, <laughs> and then for fifty bucks a month, if you just really love what we do, I've called it in lust, uh, and you're a super fan, and we love you for it, so yeah.
1: That's, That's awesome. That's so cool. You know, I was thinking, um, speaking of the art that we see about our Patreon structure, and mm. I was um, thinking about how one of the things that both of us do is that we love to make things. And I think we're we're communing here with people who also love things that are made. Um, and so mm-hmm. I was thinking that I would go back to the making of things and I was looking at printmaking. I have a, um, so the art that I saw is not really, it's more like I was looking, watching process videos and mm-hmm. I have a great love of, and it's hard because I once read an article about the family that started Tetra Pak and they had, they like basically devolved yes. into like, you know, um, drugs and high living. but. Uh, tetra packs can be used to make prints. And I was thinking I could make, we could potentially, if you do one of these Patreon things, might receive additional prints from us, from me. Sorry, I just like burped into the microphone. <laughs> That's the kind of behind the scenes that you will exactly.
0: get. It was just this big rumbling like blah in my <laughs> chest. Um, so, But, you know, I was actually thinking of creating... Uh, an image that I could uh, edition, or you know, putting some of my open edition images. Um, nice,
1: nice. As postcards nice, or something. Nice, nice. Do you have any other art that you have seen for this week's? Yeah. Art that you've seen? I mean, once again, I'm coming from a TikTok
0: space, not from any art that I've seen living in fucking New York. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> not in one of the art capitals of the world. <laughs> shh, shh, look! 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 Um.
0: Look, Thanks to listen. TikTok, we all live in the art <laughs> capital of the world. No, it's true, but also uh, it's it's been a, like this week has moved so quickly. I know. Um, last night I was the falling asleep, and I was forward. like, "It's tomorrow, Wednesday."
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no,
0: really. <laughs> uh, so, spooky ink printers want to find new mut- m- Mutuals, mutuals, God, so Australian mutuals on TikTok. Uh, Lino cut printer. Oh and cool. Ink pigment mixer. Oh. Uh, as a part of their work. Really cool. Just like and kind of like kind of spooky, kind of a little bit gothic. Nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. nice Mm -hmm. well i love stuff like that
1: thinking about spooky um Mm. mm, for the tiktok drama (laughs) of sorts for this week so this week's episode we're talking about white lotus and we're gonna have Mm. a guest star to make it spice this conversation up a little bit later for deep thoughts Mm. but before that uh tiktok drama i thought i would share so one of the things I find really interesting about people putting artwork in shows is mm. that it always has two things, right? Like, clearly, I believe that. And I remember, like, years ago, who, what's that movie, The Ice Storm? Ang Lee. He filmed it. He he had some connection to my college, and he used a lot of our college people as interns on the show. Oh. And so in The Ice Storm, one of the things, there's, like, a letter somewhere. It's my handwriting. Because I was like somebody I knew was interning and I used to be able to do calligraphy. So it's like my handwriting on this letter. Mm-hmm. And I know with that, and then I've known other people on films who've worked on films or TV or whatever. Sometimes it's not that much thought, but like whatever you can get your hands on.
2: Mm-hmm. And that is
1: absolutely Mm -hmm. true about the visuals that you see in movies that like they're not thinking deep thoughts of the art history it was it was something they could get from Bridgman images it was something that was rights-free like as soon as the met Reichs museum and cleveland museum of art opened their works up the the tv people were like we put all the things like you would see like there was a work by david of uh cupid and psyche from the cleveland museum of art that i swear Mm -hmm. is that cute that cupid has seen more bedrooms like he is everywhere on tv he was in bridgerton he's everywhere
0: so it's like when art leaves the copyright <laughs> space after a certain number of yes. years and then like suddenly van gogh's like on fucking converse <laughs> jesus yes. christ yes. you know like
1: mm, but i mean um <laughs> if access is your point right so I was thinking about my drama was I did a video about um, glass onion because somebody asked me to, Mm. I don't, I'm not a huge pop culture person. I mean, I used to be, but we know my issue. Not soon, soon in five days I will get my bifocals and then I can again be a pop culture person. But finally, I know finally truthfully, but, um, (laughs) but
0: harass you to watch TV. (laughs) I,
1: I don't need to be harassed. I have people at my house too, who will be like, start watching TV again. Um, Oh, I'll just send you recommendations. Oh yeah, you should. <laughs> um, so I did one about um, glass onion, but I decided like I never, I don't know, because I'm not somebody who talks about pop culture. I always start with the art. So I was trying to mm-hmm. give the, a... I was trying to explain how the Mona Lisa could not have left the building of the Louvre even during COVID when it was locked down, and I mm. cannot tell you the number of people who explained to me that it could like in my comments like it was it was so funny to me and it was like low-key drama why everyone always thinks they're more of an expert
2: than the fucking expert well and i didn't and i I
1: didn't i never say that i'm a museum person so like that that's on me but like their their assumption is and this is what i found really funny that if the building is closed and it was closed for covid that it could have anything anything could happen Mm. Right. And like, I think people don't understand the kind of incredible legal hurdles that are required in the transfer of ownership. And I found More it money fascinating that like people thought the Mona Lisa could literally walk out of that building. It was and it was like low key drama. And they were like, you're in like and it was because some of it was predicated on the fact that I but part of it was my video said long term loan, which is what it was. When you hmm. borrow something, the museum phrase for that is long-term loan. And I didn't say borrow, I said long-term loan. And it occurs to me that a lot of people are like, no, they just borrowed it. Um, so that was my TikTok grammar I just I find it what I think is interesting is that I think for museum stuff, the thing that people have a very hard time with is the fact that ownership and all of those things are very different than the things you have. Like I could borrow that sweater, Mm -hmm. right? Like you could hand it to me and legally it wouldn't change your uh, homeowner's insurance, your house, you know, your apartment insurance. But for museums, it's totally different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just, I was struck by the number of people. And I was like, do you know the number of meetings I've had to do about, it's like, I mean, not about Mona Lisa, mm. but, like, loans and, like, exhibition meetings, the, like, number of people that circle up in an exhibition meeting. How many consignment forms have you had oh to approve? God. Oh, my God. And, like, <laughs> and, um, you know, like, just all the stuff.
0: <laughs> like, the way your face scrunched oh. when I said consignment And I didn't even <laughs> do that for much of my
2: career. But
1: having to sit in a meeting and hear somebody complain because this can't leave the property. And, awful. and the other thing I think people don't understand is that actually museums have a very – um very specific and like systematized list of what can leave and what cannot leave buildings and anything that's classified as a national treasure in any institution like I know that I was working um at an institution that wanted to learn very early in my career that wanted to borrow no sorry they wanted to exhibit a work of art that was their own Oh. But it's a listed as a national treasure in Japan. And so the only place it could travel to was back to Japan for conservation and then come back to mm. be on property. Wow. that's wild. yeah. and so there's there's all of these rules that we do not have in our private lives. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I know that people want everything to be a conspiracy. Um I know, but like, oh, but like if gross. they knew the number of human <laughs> beings that sit in registrar's offices, and like the registrars are the people, nothing is they're not they are they're the opposite of conspiracy theorists. <laughs> they are that's not their job. Their job is to know where every freaking thing is, otherwise you lose your accreditation. Yeah, like spreadsheet geniuses, they right? Are oh my god. Um... Oh my god, they're the most. They are the most. <laughs> they are. They're good stuff. They're good stuff, they keep museums running. They get paid mm-hmm. way too little. Um, that's
0: true. Right. God, so many museum staff get paid too little, well, right? Apart true. from the executives well, and the true. board members. That's true. The like the board members Wait. get
1: paid. No, but they get a lot of no. free benefits. Yeah, right. was I mean, going on. Yeah. Yeah. they get a lot I was of like. They a a tax money. deduction in there. They, they get, get money. Fucked, they get isn't... a tax deduction, but then they also yeah, see... get their artwork increases in value because it's been shown at the museum. Boo. Yeah, but but a lot of museums, like I did in a circle and club. I hate it. No, that's true. I did a calculation, but if you think about it, like the director of the Cleveland Museum of Art makes, let's say, a million dollars, and the entry level person makes fifteen dollars an hour. Let's say Mm. that the scale is just—it's out of control. Ridiculous. Yeah, and Cleveland's a pretty affordable city. I mean, the director of Houston gets way more than that. Gary (sighs) Tinterow must make a lot more than. that the directors in new york, you know, craziness, craziness. So did you have some TikTok drama so that you might I mean, pop culture TikTok drama you want to share? <laughs> I mean, aside from
0: just generally stoking the tracing fire every yeah, now and again. Yeah. Um, so fun. Uh, my TikTok drama is that like my lives have been inundated <laughs> with horrible people. Oh. Um, for whatever reason, I keep getting dudes logging on and harassing me uh for being fat which is kind of like I don't know where they're finding me um but I love knowing that I have such an effect on people
1: <laughs> I just like I would I've would ruined never their day think, I would never <laughs> even say, we, we were talking about this online I would never think to say to anybody anything about like like other than like I I mean the things I would say so that I was thinking more about it because you were saying this the other day I do think like you have that lipstick that I really like you wear it sometimes Ooh it's Nas Star Woman for anyone oh. wondering it's a blue based red it is so good and like that's the it's only so question like I would think or there I think I asked you or maybe I meant to ask you there was something where your eye makeup you maybe I didn't ask you and I thought oh I'm gonna ask her online um your eye makeup looked so good it looked i was like Thank is you. that a filter like because it was so symmetrical i've been playing
0: with eyeliner oh
1: it was so <laughs> symmetrical but like that's the only thing i was it the one where it was like done. coming yes. down in the
0: f- yeah it was so yeah. symmetrical been,
1: um oh yeah so
0: shout out to one of my favorite creators evelyn um so like Evelyn. Uh-huh. play on the word uh-huh. play on the name uh, like evelyn or evelyn um i'm desperate for them to follow me mm-hmm big fan um but essentially uh this particular creator has been kind of inspiring me to kind of like do a lot of like under eye makeup because i have hooded eyes and kind of getting inspired to do the kind of uh you know waterline oh yeah sorry joe you've jumped in on makeup makeup talk he lives here
3: i live for for that kind of talk
0: (laughs) you are in estrogen ocean (laughs) much like my brother was growing i am i am cast adrift
2: You've
1: been in estrogen ocean
3: your whole life. Right? Yes, I have.
1: Yeah. Three sisters, three aunts, two daughters.
3: hmm And,
1: mm-hmm. and only female pets. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. S- sorry. And Sima, you choose
0: before it, move on, if you put it, If you put it in the middle between yeah. you, kind of like a little bit further, you won't have to move it. Oh, I love it. Like here? Okay. Yeah. Can we both be Yeah, happy? yeah. Just, yeah. You can just like lean in and do like a little cozy moment when mm. you want to.
1: I don't want to get that close
0: <laughs> to
2: um,
1: We were talking about your. Oh, yeah. But I am really offended that, I mean, I just would. Re- I I guess that this goes back to, like, something I generally think that I never can understand other people, but, like, I really wouldn't ever think to comment on, like, other than maybe something that I want, like, from them, you know, like, I've been looking for new glasses, and I admit, like, there's somebody named, I don't know, is it a Handsome Andy? Something like that. He lives in Korea now, but was in New York. And mm. um, I was like, and I like, realized I was such a creeper because I was like, do, do you usually wear contacts or are those the glasses you wear? And then that's what I did on this live because I wanted to know because people who only wear glasses every once in a while, they don't know mm. if they're comfortable because they're not wearing them all the time. I wear my glasses glasses are wearing you that's right I wear my glasses all (laughs) the time I need someone who know like Mm -hmm. it's giving me honest feedback here Uh, Mm um but then mm -hmm. I was like that's sort of like a funny creeper comment and then he he got worse because he was like oh my god I love your account and I was like okay this is embarrassing but you actually (laughs) um but um but like I wouldn't ask on your
0: looks consider it this way though they do want something from me which is a reaction Uh... and they want to upset me and they want to make me feel a certain way. Um, but the funniest part is I have these men who come in and like say oink, piggy piggy. And I'm like, I literally- have a shirt that says f- No, I'm serious. And I was like, dude, you've like chosen the most hilarious day to say this. I'm wearing all pink. And I also have a shirt that says fat bitch. So like-
1: <laughs> It really upsets <laughs> this... me. It, what in them, What's wrong with it? What's broken in them that they have to do that?
0: I have theories, one, Dumped by the most glorious fat oh. woman, whoever she is. Oh. I hope she's living her best life. Oh, she is. She's <laughs> butthurt and him. taking it out. Yeah, yeah. right. But hurt and taking it out mm-hmm. on someone on the internet. Or, and this is a thing when people lose weight, like considerably, like previous fat people evangelists. have a lot of. Exactly. They become mm-hmm. like TV evangelists mm-hmm. because they haven't processed mm-hmm. their self-hate mm-hmm. and they think that. You know, all of their issues were changing their body. And when they change their body, they get to this point where they're like, oh, I still fucking hate myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which, like, sorry, bud. Yeah. Maybe like starving yourself and going into a calorie deficit wasn't going to make you a better person. No, so, no. Then because they see you living authentically. And this was, and this is all started happening right after I started posting those like vampire joke videos where I've got like, you know, the hyper feminine look. So, it's interesting. It's like, it's a whole social experiment for me. I'm like, ooh, how to upset men? Just live authentically.
1: <laughs> I do. Kyle Prue. I think of his voice. Oh, his voice is in my head. That's really creepy. I want to
0: interview him so do bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. Like, he's got, he's got such a he's good. good ability to upset <laughs> upset what, people but what i do
1: also like his ability is that he can he means to do it because i upset men pretty much weekly on the internet but i don't mean to <laughs> i think i don't know where that series started
0: i think maybe it happened like by accident one day and then obviously it got him a fuckload of attention mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. i think that that's the thing you do on tiktok right like you find mm-hmm. you find something that works and then you beat it like you beat Mm. a dead horse
1: it is interesting (laughs) it stops giving i was thinking about that though so i somebody came on my live yesterday she's like oh are you the person who says outrageous who's like upset is always angry and i was like no and i said do you think all criticism is anger well that's what i said to her and aggression and i was like and i knew the video she wanted she was complaining about everyone's always upset that i said art realism is not the inherent measure of goodness with art and that is like and I said it like that like I'm not screaming you know like I'm not angry about it but if But you're not a white man right and I think it's so funny I was like, you should watch a few videos but I am so glad that like finally I get some traction for videos I prefer to do because I do wonder mm. if he likes doing those he seems to I think I
0: think he's having a good time. I think so too. I think I think like if you were a male model making money off of making fun of other men, when you're pretty secure in yourself, mm-hmm. you're probably. Your Is a male model? Is that his deja? Yeah, uh. yeah. He's like he's fully like image based beauty boy, oh. and you know if he's
1: punching down on people for being shitty i'm okay with that no me too i do love Um, him i do love him i do love him i think he's really funny do you think he he never does lies right i don't think so um
0: I do kind of consider his like AI bot that would just keep releasing his content even if someone killed him is in itself a contemporary art piece.
1: There. I do too. I do <laughs> too. We should ask him. Blow out. My we mic. should email <laughs> him. No, Let's really? Email him. I agree. I
0: agree. Be like, okay. hey, would you, if you ever got funding, would you consider this to be a real, real project? Because I, I, I do
1: love that. I do love this. That's okay. a very good one. But you know that um, that's that's a, like a that's the thing about you know, art and culture is they always, it's like always interwoven and overlapping and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I think, and it's often about intention and choice and it kind of gives us a good segue to our guest this week because we're talking about- one and only. Um, we're going to talk about White Lotus and how, how, you know, pop culture uses art- to try to yeah, you've tell the storyline. a lot line. of
0: requests. And this, right? you often,
1: yes. <laughs> and you often um, sh- n- show up in our lives. Yeah. And you are often here when we're recording the podcast. So this is my spouse, Make Joe. Who Hello. Who is a lithographer and printmaker by trade. And then a hostage by choice.
3: <laughs> is this by choice? <laughs> <laughs> or is it like the frog in the boiling water? I just haven't noticed. It's just increased by degrees. I
1: think. I think that no. you know a lot of frogs become princes, Joe. That's okay. Well, yeah. well, Mr. Frog.
2: Okay. <laughs> yes.
1: So today we're talking about white lotus. I did get a lot of requests to watch it. You got so many, right? So many, so many. Yeah. Um, and then I decided to do it because I watched a video that was mm. that was wrong. And my kids were making fun of me. It it happened to be... Was it that girl who was doing the series? I don't know if it was that girl who was doing the series. I don't remember anymore. It's just they identified the artwork wrong.
2: So the wrong part we- was
1: that it they identified the artwork wrong. Let me just say this and then you can say. And then um, uh, that... I just... It happened to be an artwork. We worked with... Um, both of us worked with a curator who was obsessed with like 5th century Athenian and Magna Graecia.
3: Everything was 5th century.
1: (laughs) Yes, everything. Everything was 5th century. And then also Magna Graecia. And so I happened Mm -hmm. to know that the artwork that they picked was not on a vase. It was in a Kylix. And like I I Mm -hmm. exactly knew where that artwork was because we had looked at it for like an exhibition or maybe it was for like a, we used to use reference images on labels.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I, I just happened to be like, dude, okay, fine. I'm watching it. Cause this, this person's video is wrong. And what mm-hmm. I really struck me, I found fast. It wasn't the wrong about the, we'll talk about interpretation in a second, which is what I know you're dying to talk about, but the actual, you know, like I think that, um, You know, if somebody's posting something under interpretation, totally different, it's one thing. But if you're identifying the work as a vase Mm -hmm. and it's a cup, that's a that that's like a that's the line for me that I don't like to cross. So that's why I ended up watching it. And I forced you to watch it, too, which is how you're here now.
3: Yes. And yes. What
1: would you think about it? Did you love it, Joe? Well,
3: no, I guess first my question is, why did people come to you and ask that you watch it?
1: Because it had all this art in it, and I think did the did Mike White say the art tells you what it's about, or did it become an urban legend? I
0: think maybe he said something about it. Influ- hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up now. We are? Wait, yeah. so wait, he's Mike. He's Mike. He's Mike White, and he called it
1: White Lotus. Oh. Oh, this is you. You want to say this? Say this starting with the white lotus. Oh,
3: well, true. actually, I didn't. You picked the, up yes. on this faster, but it's not when they keep showing that shot of the white flower. It's not a mm. lotus. It's it's a, a water lily. A water lily. I was
0: about to say like it's a lily, right? Yeah. yeah. And it drives me crazy. So, and I
3: think that is pretty much sets the tone for the rest <laughs> of the movie. Where it's one says it's one thing, it aspires to be one thing, and it's just pretty <laughs> commonplace or mundane.
0: I will say, <laughs> I will say,
3: I do love Jennifer
0: Coolidge. I do too. I, I do. Too. She's, I guess, she's a star. But she's sort of just
3: one note. She's that's her.
0: <gasps>
3: it's. I'm sorry, but
0: no, she's been a superstar throughout many like productions. We loved doing Best Life. of
1: Show. Best. She no, I love the Cinderella show. She was in *Lemony Snicket*. Yeah, we loved doing a lot of Well,
3: books. you guys maybe have seen it. I just remember her from *Best in Show*.
1: Okay, you've seen it. We love her but, *Legally Blonde*. Oh yes
3: okay sorry so it's campy and i think the problem with the show was that it it pretended or it offered one thing and it gave us another and it was just it
1: a, offered what
3: well it offered that it was sort of us um i don't know i think they had pretensions that it was smarter and better than it really was and it was just kind of there were a lot of He couldn't resolve a lot of the narrative in it. And so there were just things he just left and they made him seem like, oh, it's supposed to be ambiguous when I just think he couldn't resolve the different strands of the narrative.
0: Can you tell us, can you go into, can you give us an example? Can you go into more detail? Oh,
3: I think the fact that Jennifer Coolidge's husband disappears and never comes back Mm. and we all Mm. filled in the blank depending on what we wanted to see, which was that he was Theseus perhaps, And she has, um, we read into it way too much. And that
0: I would have loved to be a fly on the wall while you guys were watching this. And it was,
3: and it was that he never makes a reappearance, or we don't even know if he was ever behind the plot to rob and kill her. I
1: will say this that we were laughing because we were watching a joke. Oh, that's Achilles and Patroclus.
2: And I was like, well, there has to be we're...
1: very few houses where they watch this. And even without like reverse right. googling it, they're like Achilles it's and Patroclus. Right? Was,
0: was the photo of the like you know gay guy who was plotting to kill her yeah. with her husband not evidence that
3: he well, was? We don't, we don't know. We don't know because River Sheik says I kind of think it's him.
2: I I, I think I photo... could pick out a photo of
3: my spouse, even if it was before we ever had met. I think I would know Mm. well enough or identify the characteristics of an individual that I am married to. (laughs) And it was just like, it was like, hear that (laughs) yes, but it was just like they wanted ambiguity or something. And it was just more like, no, this is, you need three more rewrites. You know, you, this is just still. And then the whole idea of the art, I mean, we spent so much time debating whether or not something met. And then we were like, it didn't.
1: But what about, like, I was thinking today about how the, what's the, what's the girl's name? The uh, uh, assistant?
2: Chloe or something?
1: No, what's the assistant's name? The hotel lady? No, the blonde girl. Or in the first series. Jennifer I'm Coolidge. Sure. Jennifer
0: Coolidge's assistant. Oh, her. Oh, I don't remember her name. But I know. Who, yeah, it's also a,
1: it's a, also a a also mythological name. We can look it up in a sec. But she, Um. one thing I think is interesting is that she uh, was wearing a Lita and a Swan. Like she was wearing a Swan, which immediately thinks, makes you think of Lita and the Swan.
0: Hmm. But, and there's the lady with the swan in the yeah.
1: opening. Yeah, but who then is Zeus? Like, that never comes up.
3: Well, it would be the hustler, young hustler. Mm.
2: Who
1: would be Zeus?
3: The young hustler that is...
1: He is definitely not Zeus.
3: But I yeah I think, if you think about it, a lot Portia. of the stories... Portia, thank you, thank you. A lot of the stories... But she's also... Portia, isn't the name of the uh the the rape victim of the last king of Rome,
2: yes, so
1: mm-hmm.
3: there's all these, but they don't lead to anything they're not it's not a retelling mm. of a story like we would have thought it would have been cool if Jennifer Coolidge fell into the ocean like she does, but somehow or another doesn't sink to the bottom and and is stranded on that rock island. that would have been cool it would have then you would have been like, oh, yeah would I never been. wanted her to die as well. No, me
1: neither. That I was re- my problem too. I didn't want her to die.
3: And I just think that would have been funny and it would have been like a perfect mm. send up of the myth. Um and
1: played into kind of like the silliness of
2: it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I do yeah. I do
1: wonder if Mike White was raised Catholic because the story of the three the family and they all had mm. like they all had saints. You know, in the room. mm-hmm. rooms. In the rooms. That one was the one where it was the clearest, where the visuals, the artworks, and the like. Kind it, of- it
3: sort of gave you right. another dimension of their family dynamics. Right, so, returning back. to
1: Yeah, right. And it was like very. Cl- yeah. I mean, they, they should have added like an image of the odys more images of the Odyssey in that one because that was clearly mm. like an Odysseus. Like there was clearly like, and that one. I mean. Uh, though I was was I don't know who
3: yeah, I was, it was talking. Well, and it, it was funny because I was thinking about when they travel, when they go to visit their like distant relatives, and they get chased out of the house. Mm, and mm-hmm. They're sworn at. I think it was that was quite a funny scene. It was, but then I thought it was. It's sort of it could be. It would be funnier too if there was like because it's like the inverse of the sirens, right? Like mm, like mm-hmm. instead of them singing, you know, like. Luring them to the house, they're like expelling them, chasing mm-hmm. Like they, they got the measure of these men, right? It's mm-hmm. it's probably the same kind of Sicilian man through the centuries that has done this to these women, and then they're finally free of them and they just like to
0: have them turn up on their doorstep exactly and they you know
3: and i imagine you know and it's because that was funny it, were, it could have been explored more it would have been funny mm-hmm. if they walked into a multi-generational feud they had no way of knowing like maybe they like their great-grandfather who came from sicily had borrowed money and never paid them back or something mm-hmm. just trust me there are people that would have nursed that kind of that kind of feud and grudge for, cent- for generations only to be able to...
1: I feel like your nonna would...
3: I feel like your grandmother certainly did.
1: Yeah, but your non is Italian.
3: So... Yeah, yes. But... My
0: family is, like, the foundations of my family is, like, built on grudges.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think oh, yeah. A lot Every, of many,
2: many are.
1: Big families. That's how it happens. Mm. But I also mm. think... um it's the so engine. I do think that one thing I also found fascinating about this is that, so unlike other shows like Bridgerton that use images that people might know they don't care that's here because he um (laughs) he uh you can say that in a second um but uh he used works that were not well known or like made up works like that one at the end i think probably was taken Mm. off of a blake watercolor Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um Uh,
3: the one of newton
1: yeah But, um, but like, you know, Becca Fumi, the St. Lucie, I gotta tell you, like, I, you know, I went to arts history graduate school. He, this is the first time his whole existence that guy was got so much attention it was the St. Lucie one there was so many better St. Lucies this man <laughs> had no idea that he was going to get some like actual like you know glory because there mm-hmm. are so many better St. Lucies plus like the mm. Spanish you know they loved passion imagery and her like pulling her eyes gory eyes there are some amazing ones but yeah. he finally got them do you want to tell what were you saying before that you want to talk about oh go ahead so, so in this vein, lots of TV shows make Joe very upset well, because they they ruin the history of art. So, tell me about Bridgerton, and Joe. How do you feel about the Duke in his painting?
2: Okay, I
1: can't wait to hear about the great
0: as well. My goodness.
3: No, my problem, and I know it's my problem, is that so many times they'll they'll spend a lot of money on production on the you know uh, the way that the houses look, the the clothing they spare no expense on making it Mm -hmm. look like for the period piece. And then they'll Mm -hmm. just have the worst painting or work of art. That's supposed to be integral to the story and it's, and it's, cr- it's cruddy. It's they they don't do it well. It's not done in the style or the way they mm-hmm. would have actually mm-hmm. done the practice of it. Oh, and wait, it looks they wouldn't
1: put an oil painting
0: out on the dance floor to be rained on. Yes, this happens to me when I see old photography and
3: shows and TV, and I'm like, oh,
0: this is the wrong era. I'm like it's not the right process. Like it drives me nuts. Uh, it's, uh, it and <laughs> nuts. it's just
3: it's not that hard. It's not that no, hard do to do a little. Do it bit, no, I get it. Do and, like a little bit of research, or, or just turn to the guy and say, just paint it the way you really would paint it, not the way that people imagine artists paint it, which is mm, with mm-hmm. passion without, you know, certainly not with 20 years of experience and knowledge behind Without tracing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> no sketches, no pouncing. And
3: stop making it look like it was taken from a photograph when it's the, you know, early 18th century. Mm-hmm,
1: Things like mm-hmm. that Early that. 1800s, as Bridget.
3: Oh, my God. It's all <laughs> fantasy, though. Please. As if England at any point in his life was ever um, inclusive. Inclusive, yeah, that's a I mean, they were <laughs> screwing their own people over, let alone people of different races and nationalities. So sure. please stop making mm. it seem like it's this all-inclusive fantasy land of interracial love.
2: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you I don't. Be sorry.
0: <laughs> okay, so what? Why? I have a question for both of you. Yes, yes. expert. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Dual toned, yes, that was amazing. Um, <laughs> why, why do you think that there is such a disconnect with the art that's kind of in the art world and what's in media, and why is it okay for there to be such a
3: disconnect? I think when you tell stories, and you are, you have to, you, you need to use a shorthand, right, of, mm-hmm. like, of like of whatever knowledge you have before this. You, you can so you can access it so they most people have a or been raised with like or they it's often enough repeated story that it's sort of this romantic vision of, of an artist or whatever it is mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you're 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 it's prior knowledge right they're accessing your prior knowledge so they don't have to go a lot into background to mm-hmm. re-explain things to you and that you may not pick up so it's shorthand Right. Mm, It's cliche. mm. That's we all have cliches or or whatever stereotypes, because it's like shorthand to explain. Then it's preferable than reality, which could be messy and maybe doesn't, you know, all the edges. there might be a little sharp or rough around the edges. They haven't been smoothed off and fit nicely Mm -hmm. into a narrative. I think that's why I think that it's just um, they're relying on people's prior knowledge, which would be pretty small of the event it's like museums the museum the way they museums are in popular culture would never actually happen that way
1: wait things don't come to light
3: (laughs) yeah and so it's just easier because what the real story is has nothing really to do with the artwork it's whatever the romance Mm
2: -hmm. and that Mm
3: -hmm. painting is just supposed to help be one more dimension to it but they don't want to explain to you or they just don't know themselves, right?
1: There are so many people mm. who talk it's, it's about... these are
3: all kind of middle brow shows. So it's not like these people, I'm sure, have a lot of like extensive knowledge of art other art forms.
1: Mm. Mm. That was a little condescending.
3: It is. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it depends. It 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 like white lotus sets you up for this. I can't wait for the one that's set in Asia because I know that will just you'll grind your teeth at night.
2: Yeah. But everything mm. he's
1: gotten wrong. <laughs> Um, but I, oh, I I have uh, a different answer to your question. Oh yeah. No, please. Um, please. I think actually it's because, and I've thought about this when I've made videos and I'm in a hurry, Mm
2: -hmm. like yesterday
1: I was just, I thought those, I was like, I'd forgotten about Pandora dolls and I wanted to post about it. And I looked up 1700s party and I Hmm. took the first image I had so I could start with a picture. And I think that, that we've gotten to a point where media the images have gotten cheap in some ways and you have to have a lot of them and you have mm-hmm. to fill a lot of space. And so like yeah. the the actual availability of, we there was some artwork in Bridgerton. It's in the scene, I don't know, it's in the scene where like they're in that like, uh, you know, good time house in the first episode. And um the um D- Cupid and Psyche is there, and some other stuff is there. And we were both like, oh, there's something from the Getty that's there. And we were like, those weren't made yet.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like the Cupid and the Psyche was painted by David um
1: in 17, maybe 1817?
3: It's yeah, it's it's right, it's after Napoleon's been defeated. He has to flee to Belgium because the mm-hmm. French royal family has come back into power. And he had voted for the execution of the king and queen as part of the revolutionary government and then working for Napoleon. Mm -hmm. So he's, you know, persona non grata. And so they, yeah, you know, it's just funny. I think
1: how brilliant could we both be if we had space in our brain for For things things that that really use this useless knowledge. It is made in 1817. Look at me. How many years ago did I work there? I still have that in my head. But
0: it is useful though, because you you know we have this that's platform true. Where that's it's true kind that's of true facilitating very, people to be right.
1: more useful critical. in a in a very important and um, but finely honed sense. Um, <laughs> I I do think that, but I also think that that person and I in that in in that instance I think it makes sense to break. It's already a show that breaks with history. And I think Mm. that's what they're doing. Like, just as I last night were like, I need a party scene. I don't care if this is in France or Germany. I just need a picture paper party. And I think they're making a lot of times value judgments based on their output of like not. So they're basically using it as a raw material for their art.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And I I get it because I used to um, years ago, I used to belong to this sort of big, inclusive coffee group. And Mm -hmm. uh, occasionally we meet on Sundays and it would be whoever's single or without a family, you'd come and just sit around for three hours because you had the time then. But then but so one of them was um, worked in museums, designing exhibitions, and Mm -hmm. he knew a lot about a lot, but not always, you know, applied to everyday life. So anyways, we're seeing a movie and it was a period piece. And they're in the like the heroines looking out a mullioned window. And he chuckles and he goes, there were no Mullen windows back then. And, you know, like he couldn't get into the story because he was caught up on this, like, you know, fact that, you know, or, you know, he would say, that's not a seagull, that's a common gall or something. And we would, no one wanted to sit next to him because he would just, he had no filter and he would point out the inconsistencies and you wanted to see the story. So I get that maybe we're a little bit like that, but um.
1: That's, what, that's Look, actually the problem come with Come across the peoples. right and you're a
3: divergent kid. That's right. And they'll be like, tell me more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's like the problem with museums, right? Sometimes they will not sacrifice the know it allness for the greater good. Mm, I know. Well, it's
0: like so many tiers of ego in yeah. the art world that's
3: just. I think it's all built on
1: insecurity, so though.
0: So yeah. much of it. No, oh, mm. so much
1: of it is.
3: Like, wow. if you were really secure, you wouldn't be caught up in the little small day-to-day things that...
1: Really? Really? Um Just being a jerk for no reason.
3: Because you can't.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So who's done art? Mm-hmm. What what media have we watched that they've done it well?
3: You know, Ooh, you know this question. is the first... And it was the first time I, I became aware of a painting that was included in a, a movie that I thought added to another dimension... And it was it was um, Patrick Swayze was in it. It was called The City of Joy. And it was about (laughs) wait. So it's about this American, for whatever reason, finds himself like in uh, the slums of of Bombay. And he's working for the you know, and he's trying to help out. And it's kind of like, you know, played by Patrick Swayze. I think it was him anyways. But there's a point where he's he's
1: got a picture in his phone. Let me finish.
3: So there's a point in the film where he's been you know he's run up against like the crime Lord of the t- of the neighborhood or whatever and mm-hmm. somebody from like uh like the government or somewhere they're explaining to him how hard life is in this slum and in the background there is the painting of the wreck of the Medusa by Jericho and so it's all about how the people are basically those mm-hmm. on that raft and they're mm-hmm. and they're clinging together and they're looking for some you know like somebody helped save them from this and i thought that's the first time i saw something that added like an extra dimension that was i think appropriate i mean you might say what's a, a copy of the wreck of medusa doing and but you never know this person could have loved art history just because they were indian doesn't mean they didn't like western paintings and the yeah, other one exactly. was actually was it was an argentinian film but it was called man facing southeast and it was about mm-hmm. this alien that comes to earth and it's kind of like a Christ figure, but, yeah. and these, it, he, he shows up one day in a mental institution and that and, and the, the psychiatrist, whoever, or the doctor who runs this has, um he's sort of disconnected from his own life. And so they show sequences that are Magritte paintings. So like the couple mm. that are kissing, but they have the, um, Pillowcases or the filth, you know the fabric over their faces so they're not seeing mm-hmm, each other mm-hmm. but they're trying, and there was a, one other one and it was so spot on and I appreciated Magritte more after that.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's and it was and, impressive. And, it was, and part of it is it, that you see the was, artwork differently too.
3: Yeah, and the thing was the person who created it was a beautiful film. I mean, it was also the one I really fell in love with Beethoven because there's a scene where the 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 yeah, inmates take over to the asylum, but it's uh-huh. It's to the ode of joy, you know, The yeah, and um, uh-huh. there's ecstatic ex- exuberance. And um, but it was because the person who made the film, I don't know who it was, obviously had a deep understanding. It was told well visually anyways. And so they had an uh-huh. understand vi- they were visual thinkers. They must have uh-huh. had understanding of, of Beethoven. You know, what I mean, and it was I think they just approached culture different than us. Oh, by yeah. the way, then I think Meg Ryan made. They did a remake, and it was horrid. Like in the two early two thousands, <laughs> shocking. It, it's an amazing movie called A Man Facing Southeast, and it was cool.
1: That'll go in. Of, that one's
3: going to go in the show notes for
0: sure. Uh,
1: the one I think of is Enchanted April. So I saw it hmm. when I was a kid before I hmm. like would have been an artist, but it was in, I was. Mean, I had taken art history, but I really loved um, the they used the like images of madonnas you know a lot of Mm -hmm. them were sort of midi like medieval renaissance madonnas and they were saying that they were talking about like it was all about women right and the relationship that women the way that women had to deal with like beauty and patriarchy and all of these things and i thought that it really one was visually very appealing, but two, it reminded us this these sorts of like strictures that women have are kind of age old in Western society. But I mm-hmm. still think about it, like, and and I think for me, the thing that I think about is after years later, when I'd be standing in a gallery with those kinds of images of Madonna, I'd still or Mary, I would still think about that show. Mm. And so, like, it made it more powerful. They both became more powerful. I think it's like how. Um, if it's going to be central to the story, then it has to be really feel central to the story.
0: Totally. Do you
1: have one? And
0: I'm trying to think about what I have that's positive. And honestly, like most of the stuff I have is negative. <laughs> <laughs> what are some negative ones you have? A really negative one I have and that I take very personally mm-hmm. um, because it's just one of the most atrocious things I've seen Netflix do. You know that Ricky Gervais show, mm-hmm. Afterlife, mm-hmm. where he plays a widowed mm-hmm. dude? Mm-hmm you remember how he has like a a piece of first nations art like indigenous australian art in oh, his apartment? I don't.
1: Oh, we didn't watch it but i know what you mean i mean i know the show oh he has a piece it fake. oh it's, it's a faked
0: piece of like indigenous art from australia um you mean
1: the set designer just made it or something
0: something oh. like that like it's <laughs> like wildly inappropriate oh. um incredibly culturally offensive and just fucking lazy and like if you're gonna if that's like a part of his character and like and you're gonna put it in a prominent part of this scene and it's kind of like you know the idea that he's worldly and he's cultured and he's been places like do it justice yeah don't
1: like yeah (laughs) but they're also trading on the fact that people won't know
0: oh titties the internet exists no no
1: I know I think I the like, perception is it happens with all kinds of African art too you're like that's not real yeah that's just not even like yeah. that's like putting yeah. two different cultures together that's wrong that's like Picasso's idea yes, of African exactly. art that someone they're put trying to trade TV on show. the idea that yeah. nobody would know
2: true
0: why do you think that people are so okay with alienating and isolating people in the arts world and art culture from mainstream
1: culture because we alienate ourselves that's true you know like I think like a lot of it is that we're not I mean like I don't I I mean how many people do you know who work in museums who love who will like readily admit to reading romance novels or you know mass market you know thrillers or going to blockbusters or any of those kinds of things we as a culture pride ourselves so on pretentiousness. Being, yeah we pride ourselves on being like art house you know like probably
0: academics ruin everything <laughs> i'm sorry
3: <laughs> i i feel um we don't necessarily just do it to ourselves like i i grew hmm. up in a family that had really no interest in art they they they're very conservative. They're religious. They love sports.
2: Mm.
3: And I'm talking about my parents and yeah, it was, yeah. and, but it was like, they were angry that I drew. They were angry that mm. I made art. They were angry that mm. I didn't play sports. They were angry. And, and so a lot of this stuff came to me naturally. I loved art. I loved going. And it was like, so I feel like some of it is like, like, it's like I still have family members who, All they want to do is talk about sports and I have no Mm. interest in sports. I don't. And so Mm. I'll I'll kind of decline the offer to talk about the the Sunday's game. And then they look at you. Mad
0: respect. Sorry. I'm I'm like anyone who's only listening and doesn't have access to our video content. I'm sitting here like nodding with a really big smile on my face. I'm like, yeah, right on. It's (laughs)
3: like, it's, I don't, why do I have to like something just because they give you a look and it's a dismissive look like, you're not really quite up to snuff. And, you know that's why it's like and when you're you like,
0: say you don't drink, people are like, mm. and it's especially exactly, and it's in these kinds of spaces, no, right?
3: No, like, and
1: like, you should. Yeah.
3: I mean, why can't I want to watch a film that's you know a foreign film, you know, or a film that has a complex character, like real complex characters, mm. not something that's like a mannered and wants to be something it's not. But like, why, Mm -hmm. why should I not feel, why should I feel bad that I I was excited when I finally got to see all the Igmar Bergman films, right? Or I got Mm. to go to a museum and walk around and not have somebody pointing at their watch being angry that I'm there.
2: Or why should I
3: apologize that when I feel most alive is when I'm making art and it's not if I'm throwing a ball around or something, you know, Mm. and it was, and there was, and I think it was, it's just kind of the same and, but not quite it was um i forget the who did. um anyways this person was he's he it's he's a a, a, a child children's author and he Mo Willems? No, he's the guy that made the movie about um it's about the it doesn't matter but his point was he's 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 gay and he was talking about
1: Maurice Sendak.
3: No, he's alive now he does Brian Selznick Ryan was talking about how, um, you know, not fitting in with a family. And someone said, oh, you mean like being gay? And he said, well, that could be it. Or it could be that Mm -hmm. you simply are an artist in a family of non-artists. You are alien to Mm -hmm. them then. And and you're set apart. And it's simply for being something that's intrinsic to you. So it's like maybe being gay and not being accepted. But he was also Um. saying you could be an artist. And I've always, I felt that way. And I think that- um,
1: I think that um, you know, one of the things that for this sh- you know, we're talking about television and how they use art. I think that one thing that is important is that the people who are making the shows are making it for the people who watch sports.
2: Yeah.
1: They're not making it <laughs> for us. We are the minority. Yeah. And so I think part of the things you go back to, like, why do they not care? Or why did you know it's because the people who are watching it feel like it's good enough.
0: I find that it's so strange, though, because, you know, in Australia, um, the arts bring in the same, if not more money than sport. Here here, Uh, too. Here too. Same here, right? And I think it's really interesting that this is one of those instances where it doesn't follow the money.
1: No, that's true. That's Um, very true. And
0: this is the the other space where I see this in the world, because I'll always bring this up is fat phobia in fashion and people like could make so much more money if they learn how to cater to different sizes but they refuse they don't like there are some That's forces that are stronger than capitalism and i want to know why like what is it what there's like some particular hurdle that sets up in people's brains where they go nope
1: well, I think it's the status I quo. I don't need I to I actually do it think right. they're the, both the same thing. I th- I've thought about this. Uh, yeah, they are. I would say that's actually the status quo. So the thing about the arts is the people who the money comes in for are students because it's school-based mm-hmm. or very mm-hmm. wealthy people, right? So those are people mm-hmm. who are not our, like, you know, heterosexual, adult, regular guy. And then um, for for, you know, and I've 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 worked with um, people who just could not see that adding plus sized or having inclusive sizing would transform Mm -hmm. their bottom line because their fear was that the people would only they would become siloed to only fat people as they would say <laughs> um and um, i think that both of those it's i love being someone's greatest fear it's amazing i know <laughs> um but that in all of those cases it's because there is a perception of a mass market and then everybody else and art's isn't it's, it's a classism right it
3: is i think it's things yeah. it's like the economy of scarcity like they keep it mm-hmm. scarce But also, it's the argument about when they need to, say, in the museum world, make something that seems accessible, right? Mm -hmm. They say, I don't want to dumb it down.
2: Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and
3: as if you're really dumbing it down, as if it's, you know, it's much harder to seem like to say, it's much harder to explain to a five-year-old concepts that they will understand and get something mm-hmm. out of, than it is to speak to a you know a group of college ed- educated adults you'd heard. you would but or it retirees is. but
1: it is. and that's what, like i mean but it's I more have, challenging
3: like, because the also n- yeah. the
1: number of curators who've accused me of dumbing it down and i was like you know i have 5 million i have 9 million likes that means 9 million people liked what i did and you dickwad have how many people like your collection one of my favorite things is when wow, I will make a video. I'll have
3: to explain <laughs> but, but to you like... what that means later. <laughs> <laughs> she just heard our youngest say it and just picked up on it.
0: I love it. I love it. <laughs> I was I was just gonna say one of my favorite things is like when I kind of bring these dense concepts that you know are deliberately dense and so that they are inaccessible and I find ways to word them where people can kind of understand them and that's actually I think one of the real benefits of working around children I is agree. that
2: mm-hmm.
0: you you understand how to take these incredibly vast nebulous like concepts and ideas and learn how to bring them down and kind of consolidate them and word them in a way where it becomes accessible for anybody and I don't like I mean, we know why people don't want to do that, but I don't understand why people who aren't a part of those structures still want to keep this kind of culture alive around, you know, art and media and, you know, keeping things inaccessible.
1: It makes I me mean, feel again, good. Like, we to, know to why, good. why. It makes them feel good to be on the inside. Which, I mean, to go back to the sort of theme of this show, I will say, like, however, like, white. I, the one thing about White Lotus that I found is that the people who are in White Lotus, so many of them are such miserable human beings, and they're so similar to the people that I worked with in the arts, <laughs> personality-wise. Like, and like, I can't watch Succession because those are just straight-up art donors. Those are like the same mm-hmm. yahoos who are on boards. They are the same mm. awful people, and I find so. I, I mean, like I, I find it interesting that that kind of like exclusivity and that kind of behavior and like the way that they talk about people. So much of that is what the arts is full of. Mm-hmm. That said, the shows often bring <laughs> more people to the arts than any museum could. So, like I mean, more people have seen that Rothko that was in Glass Onion than have ever you seen that
0: Rothko. It makes me think of that girl. I don't know if you've seen her content. She's Gen Z. And her her whole content platform is basically making kind of the hostilities of corporate workplaces accessible to Gen Z and understanding the environments they're in. And she's, she's like always got an iced coffee and she's like, mm, I don't know, Susan, I think that letting people go home when they need like a mental health day is a good idea because like employee morale is probably a better thing. She's like brought... A whole generation into this idea of like workplace fairness and being treated like a person and not being abused by corporate spaces, like two 16 year olds in a way where they're like, oh, it's me because it's just her kind of like being she's like done the bimbo bimboification of that role. So solid and she's she gets millions of views and she has brought like equity and the idea of equity like to the masses. Really? You know, like sometimes stupidity and dumb shit works.
1: No. Um, well, and I mean I really like the Twilight in the Wilderness is was the most reproduced uh, artwork at the CMA when okay. I worked there a million years ago. Mm-hmm. And I have seen it in a million shows. Mm. Um and it's like a sunset over landscape, and mm. like you probably have seen it. We can put it in the show notes. You probably have seen it. Like it was in um I don't know, Murder at Sixteen Hundred and blah 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 blah. But we'll definitely put it on the website. Yeah. And but I would argue that that artwork, you know, the artist Frederick Church was basically a showman. You know, he p- created hmm. these things. People couldn't travel. They were like they were basically he was like a blogger. Well. You know like he mm. he was a travel blogger basically he would go yeah. to places make these images and then charge people to see it and there'd be lines out the door it, it was and, also' mm-hmm. it was
3: like early cinema because yeah. they would create a very dramatic setting for the painting they would have seating. Totally. they would have sometimes yeah. uh viewing guides
2: mm-hmm.
3: and they would have dramatic lighting and there it would be covered in a screen or something like that you know and then people would sit down and then they you would you know they pull back the screen and mm. you would see it the reveal and, the reveal. and, yeah. and um...
1: so I would argue that those being in television and movie that is closer to what he mm-hmm. did than what museums do now. That we've taken mm. it out of context and they're putting it back in. And mm. I would say that a lot of the artworks that artists that uh, movie sets use because they're narrative or they have some sort of like expectation of somebody reacting to it are better in the movie than they are in museums. They're doing a better job. Mm.
2: Yeah,
3: because I do think that it's and it's funny because of how much money is in museums uh is that they also treat money as a dirty thing like making mm. money is like you should not really want to make money for
0: you that is the attitude that we had at art school
3: yeah no i did it was and it would be and it was funny because it was often taught by it was like
2: business women was a dirty who word yeah. were
3: married to lawyers <laughs> who then would teach art history or art criticism? <laughs> and they would, and they would talk about, you know, how like, and they would, they would kind of hold up like as if you're supposed to take a vow of poverty.
0: That's ridiculous. And yet they were, you know,
3: they're, you know, they're, they were living out
0: funded, yeah. fully funded, living, you know, having all of their expenses bought and paid for. And
3: there was, and um, the, and then you a lot of times, I mean, I. Took a long time to get out from underneath that because you are impressionable at a certain age.
1: Yeah. Speaking oh, of impressionable, God. to change the subject but keep us on track because that's my job here. Um, we have loved. I was about to whine here. about art school,
0: so that's a good. It's idea. Another
1: <laughs> it's another episode. It's another episode. But uh, you're welcome. Thank to you so much, Joe. The next segment, or you can um you can leave you can leave thank you for being here but look we
0: have joe's corner here for whenever you want it whenever you've got feelings that you want to share the world
1: would love to hear them too that's right thank you for being here thank you thanks joe so we always end this episodes with media that we have loved and i thought i would pick since we were going to do um we're talking about how like um you know how you how, how people reference art
2: in mm. things
1: and i thought i'd pick mm-hmm. not a reference to art but i think that one of the things that's sort of the opposite of what we're talking about but kind of the same so i think art objects in tv is trying to make, makes art more relevant and in the similar way i think that historical novels make history more relevant Mm. And so the thing I'm picking for today is- in the way that my images make history work. Exactly. <laughs> You're right. It's a full circle. So I would like to recommend um, a book mm. that's a historical romance, perhaps. Uh The Three Lives of Alix Saint Pierre by Natasha Ooh. Lester. Um and I just what I liked about it was I mean it was it was it was like um I'm I've sort of sw- I'm sort of off World War Two. Box. I was like, you know, there, are, the World War II, we've been like basically putting it in books for much like what, 10 times as long as World War II existed. And um, like enough is enough. Enough is you. enough. So I'm very rarely these days read anything that takes place during World War II. Um, mm-hmm. But I wanted to read this one because it was about Dior and the making, the changing of the silhouette of women. And so that's where I got mm-hmm. to it from the, the fashion, which is, I think, an art. And so I had started with that interesting. Um, that was where I went and that's why I picked it as a book to read and then I got it and I really what I really liked about it is and this is where I think people have a hard time connecting with visual arts is that narratives connect us uh, novel narratives fictional novel narratives connect us to a human immediately Mm. when a good something's written you're like oh Alex is just so like she was an orphan and you just connect to her and she's like mm. a go-getter woman. Because well,
0: they, they're still written from the perception of someone who lives in the world, right? right. Like they carry an essence of human experience. Right.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's my recommendation. What's your recommendation?
2: Mm.
0: My recommendation is uh, if you're a spooky fan and you love vampirism and all those things, uh, I am going to suggest you read Carmilla, which was a vampire, very short, Story vampire novel that came out before Dracula. Predates Dracula, written by, I think, a man, but depicts a lesbian, sapphic, vampire creature from the dark, uh, like essentially, like, uh, coming onto uh like younger woman. Mm. And it was it's like a very substantial piece of like sapphic literature. Nice. Um I do wonder about the gender identity of the author in our modern context mm-hmm. and maybe how mm-hmm. that would be reevaluated and mm-hmm. considered if we kind mm-hmm. of were because <laughs> like <laughs> kind of makes me think of all those like young women who grew up like writing like porn between men and then turns out like they're all gay or trans now and i'm
1: like I know. oh i see i always think that too i know <laughs> i know like all my friends in high school we all loved more, Marie- morris you know that um yeah am yeah, Forster. we're like hmm, i wonder <laughs> mm, right yeah. i'm just like hmm, <laughs> hmm, super gay
0: now i see <laughs> so <laughs> i i'm just like i wonder what you know our like contemporary language and context no would, that's right uh, give us in this what that person's the,
1: fyp would be <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Right. Fuck, it's actually i like one of the reasons i'm like afraid to open tiktok on the subway sometimes because i'm like i don't want people to know me so intimately that they see my fyp it's so weird I mean, it's a lot of cat videos, especially when I'm going home from work. I'll just like, I'll ditch the. I m- wish
1: mine was more cat pet vi- videos. Somehow I'd like. Got to curate it, man. I gotta, do, like, but then you I got to c- view and like and save the stuff you want to see more of. But see, the problem—that's my problem. I haven't been doing those duets and stitches I used to do, where I'd have like pop culture and then I'd connect it to something. Mm. So, but those wreck my FYP because I need like really cuckoo stuff to make those work. <laughs> but they wreck my. FYP. I
0: think. My thing is, like, do you want me to just send you some bullshit that I find? And maybe that'll, like, maybe. cross-pollinate. I don't know. I
1: enjoy. You're, like, I, so bad uh, I want the messages. <laughs> no, no, I don't mind that. But I kind of do. I mean, I'm I'm one of those grumble, but I enjoy, like, the weirdo stuff that I get to. I'm always like, oh, where have I gotten? Actually, my daughter mm-hmm. and I were saying our FIPs have become less weird. And we're disappointed in it. Like, TikTok has gotten less weird. And we're sad. I know. It's I know. really sad. Um, it's really sad. But that's but every a topic now, for Every now and time. again.
0: I know. Every now and again, something really, yes. really odd will pop up. But also, I think that's just the natural thing. Like yeah. once we discover a way to share information, it becomes more about information
1: and less about silly little things. No, answers. you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, alas, it probably brings us to a, the end of our total show. Eternal knowledge quests. <laughs> the end of our yes. show, which is that we always talk about making art more accessible, um, about the little Please. A art world. And In the big A art talk. world. Um, and
0: please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe. um We had our first review, and it really just like it blew us away. It with did, like, and
1: we will send you feels. cards. We'll send you notes. We, we will love yeah. you. We'll we you your name on the podcast. So be sure. We'll be your adoptive parents. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't think you want that. <laughs> I, mean, like, uh, I'm I'm I think that's end. the line. <laughs> um, be sure to follow us at Artless Podcast. Be art uh, Be sure to follow us at Artless Podcast. Um, if you have topic suggestions, feedback, sponsorship offers, or just want to Ooh. say hi, you can email us at Artlust Podcast. We even have done episodes based on people's suggestions. Follow yes. them, Sophie at Darkroom Barment, uh, and follow
0: Seema at Artlust, uh, and also sign up to our patreon you can support us for just a, a dollar you do a month we will we will we'll we'll do
1: all we'll hang out with you we'll send you postcards
0: not for a dollar <laughs> you, you gotta go through the tiers. that's right
1: that's right you gotta read it and then pick the one if you want the thing you gotta pay for the thing yeah
0: yeah yeah Thanks unfortunately for being we can't here. give things out willy nilly because no. we do live in a capitalist hellscape we do we
1: do we have to live within capitalism. that's how society is <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: have but a great now. day <laughs> bye